Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. All right. I am glad you guys are here. Um, man, it's been a great time of worship together, hasn't it? I'm, I'm really thankful for our band and for all of you guys singing out and praising King Jesus. Um, this world tries to uh, distract us from what the purpose of uh, this weekend that we're celebrating is, and it's just the reminder that Jesus is alive, but he's alive every single day, right? His resurrection isn't just limited to one Sunday a year. It's every single moment, every single day. And um, one of the things that strikes me is we're going through this series. We've been talking about magic words, five life-changing words from the book of Romans chapter 8. And so if you want to go ahead, if you're following along in a paper Bible on your uh, app, on your phone, you can go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8. We'll have scripture on the screen in in just a few moments when we dig into uh, God's word there together. But we're talking about this fact of magic words, and we talked about freed, being free last week. And one of the things that strikes me, though, is there's nothing sadder than missed potential. Am I right? You know, like I probably, with the right coaching, I probably could have been in the NBA. Some of y'all laughing, some of y'all like, I don't know him well enough to laugh in his face like that, but I'm used to being laughed at, so go ahead, it's okay. Um, but no, I mean, I, you know, I have some skill, but you know, if I had the right coaching, who knows what could have happened, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not. But there's nothing sadder than missed potential, am I right? You know, you see somebody that's got a skill set in, in something in particular, and you're like, man, I want to, I want to see them succeed, but they don't do it. I, I'm a big basketball fan, of course, you know, since I mentioned the NBA, and there's so many stories of, of people who had tremendous talent, some of them more than, than superstars that have played in the NBA, but for one reason or another, maybe they made some really bad choices, they got distracted by different things, they never fulfilled their potential, and it's really, really, truly sad. Missed potential, missed opportunities. In, in the 1980s, a small startup company approached a man named Ron Wayne to be a co-founder of their company with them. Wayne agreed and even drew the first logo for that company. However, after 12 days, he got cold feet or whatever, and he decided to sell his 10% share of the company for $800. Today, that little startup is worth, actually his share, guess how much? $100 billion with a B dollars. The little startup was Apple. Apple. He missed his opportunity. He got cold feet 12 days in, and his 10% share that he sold for $800 became $100 billion. In the 1960s, uh, a young musician auditioned for the band that would become the Monkees. Now, the Monkees aren't real well known by a lot of people anymore, but I remember seeing reruns on TV when I was a kid of this show, of these, and they were, I guess they were a legit band, right? But they were, this guy auditioned for them, and here's what happened. They decided to pass on him. His, his skills were really impressive. They ultimately decided not to hire him. He went on to become one of the greatest musicians of all time, and the monkey sort of faded into obscurity, and a lot of people still know the name Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, can you imagine passing up on that? I mean, that, can you imagine passing up on Jimi Hendrix? All right, then in the early 2000s, Blockbuster, if, I don't know if you know what Blockbuster is, or if you remember them, 
Blockbuster had the opportunity to acquire a startup business in their industry for just $50 million, which $50 million seems like a lot, right? That's a lot of money. I mean, I'm digging in not just my couch cushions, but probably yours too, if I'm going to try to come up with that. But $50 million, but just for $50 million, they declined the offer, believing that the DVD rental market was really their bread and butter. And this decision proved to be a fatal mistake. Bank, uh, Blockbuster filed for bankruptcy in 2010. The company they passed on, drum roll please, Netflix. Netflix. Guess what Netflix's uh, valuation is today? $151 billion, with a B, dollars. And Blockbuster is no more. I think there's still like one over in like Washington State or something like that that still, is still existing. But I mean, that's 3,000 times as much value as they, you know, could have paid there. I mean, it's just unreal, but they missed the opportunity. Missed opportunities are a terrible, terrible thing. Can you agree with me on that? You know, I mean, just think about that. Missed opportunities, missed potential, what could have been. And we talk a lot about the difference between knowing what to do and actually doing that thing. We talked about over the past few weeks. We can know the right things to do, but it's easy to miss our potential in Jesus. Now, we talk about the resurrection of Christ a lot, and we celebrate this, and we celebrate it especially a little more today, I guess. The greatest event, the greatest event in human history the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, Friday, we call it good, but in the moment, there was nothing good about Friday, right? But now we look on the backside, we're looking back, and we see how good Good Friday was because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and because he laid in that tomb on Saturday, and then on Sunday, he rose from the grave. It's the greatest event in human history, but sadly, many of us never do a whole lot with that. It's really sad. We miss the potential. We miss the opportunity of the power of the resurrection. For many, Easter simply became a holiday, and it's not a way of life for a lot of us. And simply put, every day, as we've already said, every day is Resurrection Sunday for somebody who's in Christ. Here's the truth that I want us to hear, and I, I want you to hear this. We have been empowered We've been empowered. That's our word for the day. That's what we're going to look at. We have been empowered. It's our word, one of our magic words that can truly change your life. And so we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 8, if you would. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 8. We've got the scripture on the screen. You can follow along in your Bible or on your Bible app. It says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Womp, womp. It's kind of bad news to start with, right? We talked about that last week. We actually used this verse in there. It's easy to get discouraged because he says, you know, if you're in the flesh. Now, just to give you a little bit of background, if you're newer to church or you weren't here last week and you haven't read this passage of Scripture, the idea of flesh is not simply our, our flesh and bones, our body. It, it is that, because that's what binds us right here. When you become a Christian, and we went really in depth, go back and listen to last week's message. Don't do it right now. Listen to me right now, then go back and listen to that one later on. Thank you. I appreciate that. But we, we talked about the fact that when you're buried with Christ in baptism, it talks about in Romans chapter 6, that you die to your old way of life, your flesh, your old sinful self, and you're raised up to walk in a new life. But the problem is, is that this flesh, when you're baptized, you know, as we said, nobody holds you under in the baptistry. That's a big sign for a church you don't want to attend. If they like hold you under for a few minutes, I would probably condone, I would probably vote against that. But your, your body still truly is living, but spiritually you die to your old self and you're raised to walk in a new life. 
But we get caught up in all the sins, all the desires, all the wants, all the things that this, this, this mindset that we have, it's still there. But if we live in that mindset, if we live in that old way of life, that old sinful life, the sinful thoughts, the sinful lifestyle, we cannot please God. That's scary. But look on at verse 9. Here's good news. Here's good news. You, however are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So man, that's good news. What he's saying is, if you are a Christian, if you've been like we talked about it, like it says in Romans 6, that you've been buried with Christ in baptism and raised to a new life, if you are a Christian, then you have the Spirit in you, and so you not are not a a part of that flesh. That flesh doesn't have the power over you unless you give it to it. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, this this flesh, this body, the spirit is life because of righteousness, because Jesus was good enough. I don't know if, um, I know if you guys are here, you pay attention to everything I say. Nothing slips by you, right? But do you remember us talking about last week about the fact that the if you want to fulfill the law, if you want to keep the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, if you will, what's the standard? Y'all, we're not paying attention. I'm totally disappointed in y'all. You know what it is. It's perfection, right? You have to be perfect if you want to be saved by keeping the law. You have to do everything exactly right. And so Jesus was exactly right. He was perfect, and he went to the cross, and he died for our sins. So good news, it doesn't matter if you're perfect. You just have to be in Jesus, in Jesus. All right, so let's keep on. The Spirit is life because of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. Look at verse 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So what he's saying is, he's saying, you were buried with Christ in baptism, but one day this body too will be raised up and be a perfect new body. Aren't y'all... And, if you're above a certain age, I'm just going to say 40. I hate to throw y'all under the bus if you're over 40. But if you're 40, you can say amen to that, right? You're thankful for a new body. Because I don't know what it is. For me, it wasn't exactly 40. It was about 42 or 3. Is one day I just woke up and I was like, oh, oh, that's different. You know, like your back starts hurting. I literally, now granted, I injured myself. I broke my wrist on a bicycle accident. I like to say bike because then people are like, maybe it's a motorcycle, but no, it was a bicycle like that. (laughs) Broke my wrist. And so I was a little bit, you know, had to keep that arm stabilized for a while, had surgery on it, all that sort of stuff. But one day because of all that not moving around as much, I, I stretched in bed like this, like really big early first thing in the morning and pinched a nerve. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to tell people I was playing rugby, but, uh, you know, I'd never played rugby before, so it didn't sell very well. But, you know, I mean, literally, uh, and, I mean, I'm talking, I felt like I had been shot. I mean, it was, I am not kidding. Y'all make fun. Y'all make fun. Y'all laugh. Y'all snicker. Go ahead. Wait and see. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like when you get a certain age, this body, we want a different body. We want it to be changed. And praise God, he said it right there. He said that through Jesus, the same one who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So we get a new body. Woo! That's good, right? Verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, 
For if you live according to the flesh, you will, reading along with me, die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now that's a mouthful, that's a lot. But it gives us this idea of this concept, this word, empowered. We are empowered with the power to please God. Now, I don't know about you, depending on how you've been raised, depending on how much you know about God's Word, that might not even be something that's ever crossed your mind. You might think, well, of course, you know, I mean, especially, you know, if you've, you know, really sort of grown up and and come along with our society in the past, you know, 15, 20, 30 years where it's like, I mean, I am God's gift to the world, right? I mean, that's sort of the way a lot of us think in our society. And so it might be foreign to you that you might have to figure out how to please God. But the problem is, is that if you're in the flesh, what have we already established? You cannot what? You cannot please God. So on your own, on your good attempts, your bad attempts, all in between, you cannot please God. But the good news is, is that we are empowered with the ability, the power to please God. Look at verse 8 and 9 again, just so you see where we're coming from this. Those who are in the flesh cannot, what? Please God. You, however are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. You know, it's really important to to get this concept. In Christ, you can please God. You have that power. You've been given that power. And depending on what you've grown up with, you might carry a lot of guilt, and you might think, there's no way that I could ever please God. Some of us think, oh, I can absolutely please God. I'm, I'm pretty good. Thank you for snickering at that, at least. But some of us think we can please God no matter what we do, and then other people are on the opposite end, and they think there's no way I could ever please God. God could never love me. He doesn't even like me. And then there's people all in between. But the truth of the matter is, is that with the Spirit of God, you can please God. And he says, if you have the Spirit... Now, we talked about in Romans chapter 6 about how you're buried with Christ. You're, you, know, you're, you die to yourself and you're raised to a new life. And the beautiful thing is that the, the book of Acts in chapter 2, the very first time the gospel message was ever preached, it makes it really, 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 really clear. It says that the, the Jewish people were there. Many of them were the same ones that had shouted what? And it was alluded to. Stephen said it. What? Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. The same, a lot of the same people stood there as Peter and the rest of the 12 stood up and preached this gospel message. And they realized that they had killed the Son of God. He actually was the Messiah that they'd been waiting for for thousands of years. And so they were terrified. And it says that at that point they were what? Cut to the heart. And they cried out basically as one voice, What shall we do? Like, how are we ever going to get right with God again? How are we ever going to be saved? What shall we do? And you know what Peter preached as the spokesman for the 12, speaking on behalf of Jesus? He said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name 
of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, in the, name, excuse me, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so not only are you forgiven of your sins at baptism, you receive the Holy Spirit, and so you can know that you are going to be alive, and you can please God. You have that power. Those who live according to the flesh cannot please God. We spent time talking about that last week, and this is why being in Christ is so important. You cannot please God in the flesh. The worldly, sinful part of ourselves, our desires, our habits, it's our sins. They will not please God. Can I say it enough? They will not please God. But the good news is what? If you're a Christian, you are not in the flesh. You're not owned by it. You're not ruled by it. But the Spirit is in you. And if the Spirit of God dwells in us, we have the power to please God if we are in Christ. And as believers, we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a life that pleases God. And so that means that we must submit to the Spirit and not the flesh. Now, here's the good news. is because even still, this is really hard. It, you know, I, I'm a preacher. You know, this is like, you know, my, my full-time job, you know, preaching and helping lead the church and getting this church started and all that sort of stuff. But I'm telling you what, it's hard many times to still live by the Spirit. It's not an easy thing. Now, it's gotten easier in some ways, but the problem is, is when you conquer one type of sin in your life that maybe used to own you and used to rule you, there's always another one that comes along. If nothing else, it's just pride. Because you think, look at me. <laughs> I got this thing figured out. And then you start thinking, oh, one day you'll be like me. You know, you start getting that attitude of that I'm better than everybody else. And so it's a difficult thing to live by the Spirit. But the good news is we have that power. And here's the next thing we have to understand. The power to put old deeds to death. Because that's the fight. That's the battle that is waging still within us. Our spirit has been made new if we're a Christian. We're in Christ. We have the Spirit of God. But the struggle is because this flesh is still there as long as we're breathing here on this earth. And so it's a wrestle, it's a battle, but we have the power to put the old deeds to death. Look at verse 10 and 11 with me again, if you will. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. So it's life. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We talked about that. We're going to dig down just a little bit deeper here. The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 says this, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? The immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. What I want you to hear, if you've already fallen asleep, wake back up. Because this is important. We, if you are a Christian, if you've been baptized into Christ and raised to walk in a new life, we have resurrection power. I'm telling you what, we have missed the point, me included, I've struggled with it. We've missed the point of thinking, okay, Jesus walking out of the grave. We've heard it so many times that we think, oh, you know, he's like, no pinched nerve. He just stretches, gets up, and walks out, right? I've been around death more than I care to admit. And some of you have way more than me. And it's, in many ways, it's final. At least in this, this life. 
And if you ever experience it firsthand with someone, you know, oh man, this is different than anything I've seen. Jesus came back from that. Jesus came back from what was supposed to be final and that nothing could truly conquer. Now, even Jesus raised some people to life, you know, you know the, the widow, at, uh, Nain's son at the funeral, and then Lazarus, that's a big one. You know, he raised those people to life, but they all died again. But when Jesus did it, it was different. And so the power that raised Jesus from the dead, guess what it says? In Ephesians chapter 1, lives in the believer's lives in us, but I'm here to tell you that I look in the mirror and I look at my life a lot of times and I don't feel like I see a lot of Ephesians 1 power in me. Because many times I believe it's because I'm still allowing my flesh, all that sinful stuff, to just take control of me over and over and over again, and I'm giving it power. But we have the power to put that stuff to death. We have the resurrection power, the Holy Spirit, the Greek word there for that word power is dunamis. And it's one of the words from where we get our English word dynamite. Dynamite, that's power. They chose that word because it's such a powerful word. They said, oh, dynamite, that's sort of like that Greek word dunamis. It's the power to destroy sin. The same spirit will give life to our mortal bodies if we put to death the deeds of the body. I've been to Mexico uh, many times on a mission trip. We've got a team going this summer, and we're, we're excited about that. And one of the things that's interesting is this. When you get there, um, one of the things you'll hear is like these loud explosions that'll go off. They'll go off any hour of the day or night. And, you know, sometimes it'll be 3 in the morning, you hear boom, and you'll hear it like ricochet and reverberate all between the houses and buildings. And, you know, I, we asked really quickly, you know, okay, we under attack here, under siege, the very first time I went many, many years ago. And no, the guy said, no, that's the fireworks ministry. It's a fireworks ministry. It's these uh, people who are uh, slightly Catholic, slightly occultish, and they've got this thing, and they go around, they make these um, fireworks, which are basically the equivalent of about a quarter of a stick of dynamite, and it's very securely done. They wrap them in Walmart, like store receipts. That's what they do. So they put the equivalent of a quarter stick of dynamite in basically Walmart receipts and put it on a stick and make these bottle rockets. And they go and they sell them to you. You shoot them off and it wards off evil spirits and everything's all cool, right? That, that's it. And so they're going. But after we got over the initial shock of hearing the mortar attacks, you know, day in, day out, we said, oh, yeah, we got to get some of them. And so the guy helped us out. He got some. And man, we did all kinds of stuff. They had this, this frond tennis court. It's uh, three walls that are center block concrete walls. And it's sort of like racquetball, handball, tennis, a little combination. And so we put a 55-gallon steel drum in there. And we put one of those uh, fireworks, ministry fireworks underneath there. And we lit it and we got it. And all of a sudden, it, when it exploded, the 55-gallon drum shoots up in the air about 20 feet in the air. And then all of a sudden you hear this reverberation. It bounces back and forth. And we were like, yes! I mean, it's like the greatest thing ever. But I'm trying to tell you, that is nothing, nothing compared to the power that lives within the Christian. You know, that power is destructive, but the power that lives in us is not destructive except for destroying sin, but it also gives life. It destroys sin and gives life. And so we've got the same power. So we need to tap into it. Death will decay us if we don't continue to destroy it in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're empowered to overcome sin and give a, live a life of holiness. That's twofold power. Life to us, death to our flesh. And as we said, 
there's a few things that are sadder, not many, than missed potential, missed opportunities. We also have the power to be led. Look at verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. All right, can I pause real quick right here? He's not talking to people who don't follow Jesus. This whole letter is written to the church. He's talking to believers. He's saying, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I thought y'all would be more excited to say that one. You will live. You will live if you put to death the deeds of the body. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. You are sons and daughters of God. As believers, we are not obligated to live according to the flesh. We have the power to be led away from that stuff. And the problem is, is that many of us are still playing in the graveyard. We're living where we used to live, around that old dead self, and that is why we keep getting in trouble. If you, if you make the, the graveyard your playground, you're going to bruise some shins and hit your head on some tombstones, right? You're going to trip and fall. Get out of there and play somewhere that's safer for you. Don't play in that place of death, that place where life no longer exists. Get out of that and be led out of that way of death into the way of life. As believers, we're not obligated to live according to the flesh. We're obligated to be empowered by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will guide us in all things and help us to live a life that's pleasing to God. but why don't we see more evidence of that? I can be very guilty too. I know this stuff. I teach this stuff. I've studied this stuff. I mean, just endlessly. But still, I look at my life a lot of times, and maybe you feel the same way. You look at your life a lot of times, and you think, I just don't see the evidence of that kind of real change being led by the Spirit. What are we doing that's holding us back? Here's what I think we need to understand. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, we've had a lot of uh, technical issues here at Movement the past couple of weeks. And uh, you know many times, there have been times I've been trying to like fix something at my house, you know, some kind, you know, TV or DVD player. I don't know if y'all know what a DVD player is. Um, but trying to fix something, you know, electronic. Believe it or not, one of the first things that you should do is what? Go and check and see if it's plugged in. And I believe that a lot of us, we're trying to troubleshoot our Christian lives, and we're like, man, I'm a Christian, but I just feel like I'm so defeated, and I feel like all I do is go back into my old way of life. And the problem is, is that a lot of us are never, ever going and checking to see if we're truly plugged in. You know, why isn't my life working? Why am I not living more like Christ? Why am I not really feeling any power? Well, maybe you're just not plugged in. And one of the things that we need to understand is we have to stop quenching the Spirit of God with things that are of the flesh. You know, you know, air is what fuels a flame, not water, right? 
But a lot of us in the way that we live our lives, me included, there's times that I've got this flame that's sort of kindling in my spirit and I'm start, it's starting to catch. And then I go and I take a big bucket of water and I pour it on there and I'm like, oh, why did the fire go out? Have you ever done that? You understand what I'm saying here? You understand the analogy that I'm making? It's like you want to do what's right, but then you put things in your life and you allow things back into your life that just put the fire out. So we've got to stop doing some of those things and get ourselves away from them if we want to. We short it out, and we all know water and electricity do not go well together either. So are you plugged in? Are you just pouring water on that circuit and keeping it from giving the power to you? Well, the next thing we have to do is we need to stop starving the spirit of God's Word. You know, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and then many times once we become a Christian, we either never pick this thing up or we never pick it up again. Unless maybe, just maybe, we get in a really, really bad situation. But unfortunately, if you go and you starve yourself physically for a long time, the first time you run, if you go and you eat a lot of stuff, it's almost deadly, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it, it can be very deadly. And so you need to slowly start eating and consistently eating food. But it's the same thing is true of your spirit. You've got to be plugged in to the Word of God, and you've got to continually feed. You know, the funny thing is, I'm not an electrician. I am not an electrician. But I do know that if I'm trying to power something in my house, I can't, you know, unless it's rechargeable, I can't just like plug this in, you know, unplug it, and then hope to go and work on my computer when it's not got any power. You know, it has to stay plugged in. It has to stay consistent. And the same thing is true of God's Word. You have to be plugged in. We've got to stop starving the Spirit of God. I, if I could tell you anything else, and I know you get tired of hearing this because we repeat it and repeat it, repeat it, and repeat it a lot, but here's the thing. If you would just start the habit, if you don't have it already, of reading some of God's Word every single day, it will begin to change your life. I promise you. It won't happen at first, but it will slowly but surely take root. Even if it's just one verse, start it every single day and start to fill your heart with God's Word. And then the next thing you need to think about when you're thinking about are you plugged in is we must follow the Spirit's leading. You know, if you're trying to troubleshoot some technology, you go and you check and see if it's plugged in. And then believe it or not, many times the other problem is what? The other end. Your computer or your TV is not actually plugged into the extension cord or the, you know, whatever, the power strip. And so you got to check both ends. Are you plugged in to the source there? Are you allowing the Spirit to lead you? Are you turning on the tools? And also, where are you going when you're led? If we want to please God, you know, our church has really been growing lately. And we've talked a lot about the fact that God is calling us to do more and more and more. God did not say, I'm sending my son Jesus to die on the cross and let him lay in that tomb and let him come back from the dead for you to just come and sit for an hour every week or an hour every month or an hour every year. I did not just send my son to do that. I want you to be led by the spirit that I gave you, this resurrection power spirit that I gave you. I'm calling you to do things that are difficult, things that are scary but things that give life to other people because I gave my life for you. 
And so it's time to check, are we plugged in? Are we plugged in on the other end? Are we fully being willing to trust God and follow him wherever he may lead? I'm all, I say this a lot of times. We had a great, great uh, canned food drive this past week, and we had one of our best participation by our, our church family. So many volunteers on Sunday afternoon, and then on Tuesday night, we had so many people. And I always challenge people with this, is don't go to a church that serves a community. Be a part part of a church that serves a community. It's not enough to say, oh yeah, I, I go to church with those people that do those things to follow Jesus. You need to follow Jesus too. I need to follow Jesus. I'm telling you, it, he's not. It's not about, you know, being close to, because we talked about it last, last week. It's not about being close to Jesus. It's not about being around Jesus. It's about what? being in Jesus. And we need to be in Jesus if we're going to experience that power and follow him where we may be led. If you're in Christ, you're free in Christ. You are empowered by the Spirit. But the question is, are you accessing the power? Are you accessing the power? Are you quenching the Spirit of God so you cannot continue to grow? Are you keep on feeding the Spirit of God? Are you following the Spirit where God may be calling you to take a leap of faith and to take a step of growth? Or are you just doing the same old, same old, just barely squeaking by? And so the question I want to sort of ask as we wind things down today is this. What is God calling you to today? Not your neighbor, not everybody else, but you. What is God calling you to today? Really clearly, we've seen in Scripture that maybe God's calling you to kill the flesh. Maybe you've never allowed this flesh to be buried. Maybe today it's baptism for you. You need to be baptized into Christ. We had a baptism after church last Sunday, Diana. We had that opportunity, and today that's your opportunity too. But maybe you've already done that, but you've allowed the flesh to take control, and you're being led more by the flesh than you are by the Spirit, but we also know that if you follow the flesh, that it leads to what? Then maybe today for you it's repentance. It's like turning back around and say, God, I've, I've follow, fallen away from you. I've turned away from you. I'm heading on a path that leads away from you. I need to turn back to you. Maybe today your decision, what God's calling you to do, where he's leading you is, God, I just need to be in your word more. I need to feed the spirit and not starve it to death. I need to be in God's word. You can join one of our Bible reading plans here at church. You can reach out to somebody who you trust and say, help me know where to begin, but get in God's word. And just maybe God's leading you to do something. It might seem big, it might seem small, but go where God is leading. Whether he's leading you to give your life to him, to turn back to him, to spend time in his word, to get more involved in ministry, to tell your friend or your neighbor or your husband or your wife or your kids that Jesus loves them. Stop wasting your potential. Stop wasting the power of Jesus' resurrection. Because I'm telling you what, we have failed. If all we do is come together for this one day out of the year and say, yay, Jesus is alive, and then go living like he's dead the rest of the year. Jesus is alive, and he is king, and he has empowered you, me, the church, with the Holy Spirit that has resurrection power to go and to change the world, to change the world, not because we're special, because I am not, but because he is king and he is alive.
Where's God leading you? Where is God empowering you to go today? We're going to sing, and I'm going to ask you to really pray about that. And don't reject, but follow where the Spirit's leading you. Let's stand and sing. listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.